Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for taking a few moments to join me today. Today, we're going to uh, just share some information that I think will be so helpful to everybody. We are going to talk about what Paul says about leadership how Paul defines leadership, and how leadership looked to the Apostle Paul. I think this is going to be immensely helpful to you. But before we jump into the lesson, I want to just encourage you to go to my webpage. There's a couple of resources I want you to be familiar with. The resources involve a flash drive. The flash drive is something that I do every year. What the flash drive does is it has about 50 messages on it. These are messages that I've taught over the last year. Those that were taught on Sunday morning, they have the outlines to them, so they offer not only the verbal, but they also give you a visual, and they are just gold. Uh, There's a couple of messages in there in series that I think could be so helpful. One is the promise that everyone wants. See, there's a promise in the Bible. I've never found anyone who didn't want it. It's the promise that everyone wants. Whether you're close to God, far from God, whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, uh, whether your life is perfect or your life is insane, this is the promise everyone wants. And in there, we take the deep dive into this promise and we say, okay, if everyone wants it, why is it that we don't often see it happening? It's a great, great message. It's a series that I think would be helpful. I've mentioned to you that there's another series, I Don't Know What to Think. See, right now in our society, people are a little bit buzzed. They're a little bit confused. They don't know what to think. They don't know should I think this? Should I not think this? Should I respond to this or not respond to this? This is a series you could start the first of the year off because I'm telling you, come January 1, people won't know what to think. What do I think about this year? What do I think about last year? What do I need to do? Those thoughts are out there. Well, with that being said, you can go to my uh, webpage, geraldbrooksministries.com, and you can get that flash drive and order it. Also, I want to remind you of a book I wrote. It's my newest book, uh, Five Prayers to Pray for Your Kids. If you're a pastor out there, I'm just telling you, you need to get this book. You need to teach these five prayers. You need to announce it. Everybody wants to help their kids. You'll draw people. It'll get people out. But you can go to my webpage and you can get this book. Well, let's segue into the message. What did Paul say about leadership? How did Paul define leadership? Well, one of the interesting things, if you study the writings of Paul, here's what you discover. He used six words to describe leadership. In his writings, in the epistles, there were six different words that he used to describe leadership. Now, that by itself gives us a little bit of insight. See, Paul didn't stand up and say, be a leader. But what Paul did do was he gave a series of words that encapsulized the concept of a Christian leader. And these words all stand alone, but yet they unite together to describe a Christian leader. 
Now, by the fact that he used multiple words, he's also communicating another thought, and that is that leadership isn't just one-sided. When it comes to life, leadership just isn't one-sided. I don't get to do one thing and say, hey, I'm a leader. Paul looked at leadership as having more depth and more width than just one word. One word wasn't adequate. One word didn't do it. So to describe leadership, he used six words, and he said these six words began to help you to wrap your arms around. Now, remember what Paul's ministry was. He was an apostle. He would go someplace. He would establish a church. He'd leave there, go someplace else. So the nature of what he had to do was to build a church, but because he was going to leave, he had to leave behind leaders. And so Paul was very specific in what he looked for in a leader. And these specificities were the kind of things that everyone needed to have. They were the kind of things that if he was looking for someone, he looked for these qualities. So let's dive into these six words. The first word is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Let, us, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. The first word he would use frequently was that of a steward. Now, we don't use that word steward a whole lot in our society but we do use the application or what a steward did. See, we would probably use the word manager because what a steward did was that they managed resources that were given to them. Stewardship is just the fact that something's been given to you. Your job is to manage what's been given to you so that you take what's been given to you and you begin to elevate it so that it helps reach an intended outcome. And so a steward was given resources that they were to leverage to create an outcome. Well, what the Bible tells us is that everybody has been given resources. God's invested in you. God's invested in me. And what a steward does is they begin to take those resources and they leverage them for God's use. And so what are the things God's given you? What are the things God's invested in you? Whatever those things are, God's given you and invested in you. You need to utilize them and you need to leverage them for God's use. So the first word he used was steward. The second word he used was administrator. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrators. Administrators. See, in their day, an administrator was the person who steered the ship. So what an administrator would do is they would stand at the helm and they would make sure that the ship was on the right course. They would establish the direction. They would establish the course. They would make sure that the intended destination is being plotted and being executed so that there is an arrival at that. So a steward would manage resources that were given, an administrator would set and plot a course and steer the ship. The third word, overseer. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, 
Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers. Now, that word overseers referred to to someone who would guard and protect. So an overseer was the individual that would guard and protect. So you have these three words, a steward, managed resources, an administrator steered a course, but an overseer would stand guard and they would protect. Now, each one of these were concepts that Paul would use to establish what a leader was and what a leader should do. So already we've got three concepts. A leader manages the resources, the things that have been given to him. A leader steers the course and sets the direction. And a leader guards and protects, looking out for the well-being of what they are responsible and they oversee. Looking out for the well-being of the people, the corporation, the organization, the church, they stand guard over it. And then in Acts 20 and verse 17, it talks about how Paul called for the elders of the church. Now, that term elder was a description that was used of people who had wisdom and experience. These were people that over time had gained insight. And so through life, they had learned wisdom. And through life, they had learned experience. And they would take these experiences and wisdom, and they would use it to benefit the people that they were leading. So an elder was somebody who basically had vaulted. When I say vaulted, I'm talking about uh, like a bank has a vault. And that vault is where you store things. These people have stored wisdom. These people have stored experiences. And because they've stored them, what has happened is this. Now they can begin to draw from them. So four words, a steward, managed resource, an administrator steers the ship, an overseer guards and protects, an elder brings wisdom and experience. But then in Romans 12, 8, he exhorts an exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads, or in the King James, he who rules. Now, what this talks about is someone who is a ruler someone who is a leader. They rule. They lead. So this is someone who is going to take a dominant position. They may be at the head of the organizational chart. They're going to have the dominant position. So let's go over steward, manage resources, administrator steers a ship, overseer guards and protects, elders brings wisdom and experience, a ruler leads, but in Romans specifically leads with their faith. So you're going to lead, but you're going to lead with your faith. And then in 1 Timothy 3.8, it says, likewise deacons, and that word deacon is going to be used. Because in the concept of what Paul was talking, being a deacon was important because a deacon was a servant. It was someone who would serve others. Remember when Jesus is heading towards the cross? What does he do the night that he's going to be betrayed? 
he takes up the towel, he begins to serve. So we have six words that form the basis of Paul's description of a leader, a steward who manages resources, an administrator who sets a course, an overseer who guards and protects, an elder who has wisdom and experience, a ruler who leads with faith, and a deacon who serves others. Now, you can study all of Paul's writings, and in some writings, he'll highlight one word, and other writings, he'll highlight another word, but these are the six words throughout his writings that you see constantly being propelled to the forefront when leadership is talked about. Now, what do these words tell us? What do these words say to us? These six words that are different in their components and capacities, but in totality, they describe a leader. What do they tell us? I think the first one is they are everyday words. They are everyday words. See, all of these were words that were frequent in the usage of the people of that day. So everyone felt like they were a steward of something. Everyone felt like they were steering something. Everyone felt like they were protecting something. Everyone thought like they had wisdom in something. Everyone was uh, leading in some way and serving in some capacity. These were everyday words. So let me just begin by saying that leadership isn't about things that are out of reach, but rather everyday things that you can master. See, the difference between a leader and a non-leader is this. A a non-leader has the same capacity to lead as a leader. The difference is a leader has taken everyday things and has honed them in their life. See, many times we take leadership and we put it in the abstract. We make it about mastering the unknown. But all of these things were everyday things that people knew and that people could do. The difference between a leader is that leaders know what things to do. They know how to match those things together and couple them to create leadership moments. So when you look at these words, they're everyday words. The second thing that we find is that they were personal. See, these were descriptives of of people. A steward manages resources. That's personal. An administrator steers a ship. That's personal. So in the way that these were everyday words, they were also personal in the sense that they took responsibility. See, we live in a world that says, I don't want to be responsible. In fact, if you've ever parked your car, usually they give you a little slip of paper and on the back, it gives you like a hundred things that says they're not responsible. When you check your luggage in, they give you a little claim check and on the back of it, it's a hundred things that says they're not responsible. But see, what leaders understand is that they're responsible. They're personally on the line. They're personally on the line. And so, are you willing to take personal responsibility? Are you willing to take personal responsibility? 
So in the way that they were everyday words and, and they refer, refer to personal responsibility, um, they also describe skills that most people don't get overnight. They take time. See, getting the title of leadership is easier than leading. A lot of people have the title of leader, but they just don't lead. Why? Because it takes time. You don't get there. You don't get to the place that you're good at managing someone else's resources or steering a ship or standing guard or gaining life experiences or being a person of profound faith that you can lead with or being a servant. They take time. And so when you look at these words, they're everyday words. Anyone could do them. They're words that require responsibility. People have to step up to them. But yet at the same time, they take time. You don't get there overnight. You've got to invest some time if you're going to have it. Another thing that's interesting is all of these words describe an action. All of these words describe an action. See, leadership isn't passive, it's active. You want to find a leader, they're doing something. You want to find a non-leader, they're waiting to do something. A leader's always doing something. They have a bias towards action. It's Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. He didn't say, hey, wait around a little bit. He said, get up and move. See, leadership involves activity. It involves getting up and it involves moving and, and, and moving forward. See, here's the thing. Leaders want the ball in their hand. So if it's the last shot, they want the ball. If it's the last strike, they want to either be at the uh, bat where they can hit it. If, if it's the two-minute drill, they want to be the quarterback. The nature of leadership is they have a bias towards action. They want the ball in their hand. So all of these words are everyday words. They're words that involve responsibility. They're words that uh, take time. They don't happen overnight. And they're words that involve actions. Another thing, all of these words are measurable. You can measure them. See, you can measure the results of someone managing resources. You can measure the results of somebody who's steering a ship. You can measure the results of someone who's standing guard and protecting. You can measure them. So the results aren't subjective. Well, I think maybe, no, when you're a leader, you can measure it. The results become obvious. Now, some of the things you may do are subtle, but the outcomes are obvious. Another thing about these words is they involve flexibility. Because someone might be a better administrator and then have that skill really, really down. But when it comes to being a servant, that's a skill that they're learning. So what we know is, is that some people were probably better at one of these than all of these. And so there's a flexibility that one size doesn't fit all. Not every leader is the same, but every leader leads. 
And then another thing about these words, they were all practical. They involved real life. See, sometimes people want to lead in the theoretical. Oh, let's just sit around and and let's just talk. Let's just brainstorm. Here's the thing. Eventually, you got to get up and lead. And you got to lead in real life. Nobody pays you to sit in a room by yourself and theoretically come up with options. Now, I get it. There's a few people that are brilliant thinkers. But can I tell the thinker? At some point, you've got to be a doer. And so, practical, it involves real life. Another thing that's interesting is that all of these, if they were going to be effective, involve kindness. That natural personal touch was required. A steward needed to be kind. An administrator needed to take charge, but they still needed kindness. An elder needs kindness when it comes to their wisdom and their experience. So when you look at these words, they're everyday words. They require responsibility that people are personally putting something on the line. They require time. You don't get there overnight. They include activity. There's a bias towards action. They're measurable. There's a clear bottom line. They're flexible. Not one size is going to fit all. They're practical. They involve real life. And there's kindness in them because you're going to interact with people. And then they create behavioral integrity. People have to trust you. See, a steward has to be trusted. An administrator has to be trusted. An overseer has to be trusted. A ruler has to be trusted. So eventually, leadership downloads itself downline based on whether people can trust you. People want to know you're competent, but people want to know that you're consistent. So when you have competency and consistency, you create an environment for leadership. So Paul used these six words, and he used them because they were everyday words people could relate to. They describe people who were taking responsibilities. They realized that people didn't get there overnight, so it was going to take time. They all involved action, something that people needed to do. The results could always be measured. Are they happening or not? The flexibility was there. And they were practical real life. And kindness was needed. But ultimately, behavioral integrity. Can people trust you? It's interesting how Paul taught leadership. He taught it as a description, not a title. It's unfortunate that many people want a title. They don't want the description. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, if you would go to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and if you would remember my most famous quote, when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. 
Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.